Hello everyone and welcome back to Messy Notebook Paper. I'm your host Riley and I wanted to welcome back to the show. So today is going to be the second episode of like I guess the overall series I'm going to be doing on my channel called What I Watched This Week. And I'm going to try to be releasing these weekly like every Sunday because that just seems like a right time to do it. Usually people either consider that the very end of the week or the very start of the week. Personally, I consider it the start of the week. So that just seems like a nice time to kind of look back on what I watched. So this week I actually have four projects I want to talk about and one isn't like a whole, it's like a, a, a season of a show that I finished this week. So um, I have two TV shows and two movies that I watched this week. So a little bit more than what I talked about last week. So let's just get right into it. So the first show that I finally finished this week was um, Community, which I feel like has been getting a lot more, like has been gaining popularity recently because it was put on Netflix like right at the beginning of quarantine, which I was so happy about because for some reason I didn't really know what the show was, but I wanted to watch it and it was really only on Hulu at one point. So I was like, okay, we got to get Hulu so I can watch it. But then it was put on Netflix. So thank God I got to watch it. So Community basically follows, I should probably go through all the characters because that seems pretty relevant. So Community follows this guy, Jeff. He's played by Joe Joel McHale and he was a very successful lawyer he was like really good at bullshitting and getting his way out of cases and winning cases and stuff like that but turns out he actually faked his law degree so he gets fired from his firm and he has to attend community college to get his law degree back now of course he never really becomes a lawyer ever again throughout the whole show because he realizes it's a corrupt system so yay let's go um in terms of my opinion on Jeff I think he's kind of annoying um and he's kind of painted as like the he's the main character so like you're kind of stuck with him and he's also really painted as like this like really attractive guy and the only time I really found him attractive was at the end of season three when they're trying to save the dean from uh Chang's like basement or whatever and he has to, him and Britta have to dress like magicians and he's all goth and for some reason I was really into that <laughs> so that's the only time I found him attractive so there's Jeff and when he starts going to community college season one, he has Spanish class with all these other characters. And the community college, I think, is a good setting for the show because it allows them to be really diverse. The show kind of reminds... Now, everyone's going to get upset with me when I say this, but the show kind of reminds me of Friends because they are such a tight-knit group. And But, like, the show allows them to be a lot more diverse and different age age and a lot, there's a lot of age differences and you know there's like I don't know three girls and four guys I think yeah that sounds right so there's like you know they're much more diverse a group and I think they're a lot more likable characters and a lot more relatable and they seem like actually real people but the thing with this show I feel like I'm hopping around a lot but the thing with this show is they are confined to such a small setting like the whole show is that they're going to a community college but you know people really only go to community college for like two to four years so that kind of does that doesn't leave them a lot of room to work with which is what I'm going to talk about later because I do feel like the one the major flaw of this show is that they run out of room towards the end so they kind of run out of story but anyway so we got Jeff and then there's Britta so when he starts going to community college he meets this girl named Britta and she's like really pretty and she's kind of like this activist like you know, she's she's always in the wrong, I think, because she tries to be really, like, 
save the world kind of put on a good front and try to like make an impact but she never really does it in the right way which is kind of a running gag throughout the show now I really liked Britta towards the beginning because she I think she turned down Jeff a lot and I really liked that because Jeff was kind of annoying but then as the show progressed again she just kind of got a little too kooky you know she smokes weed stuff like that so Jeff has the idea to make this Spanish study group and but it just be him and Britta so it kind of be like oh we're studying in quotations and then they'd end up going on a date so it's kind of all a ruse to get her in bed and then he meets let's see he meets Abed we love Abed here Abed is um another guy in their Spanish class he is um he's Arabic and I think he's Arabic <laughs> and he makes all these movie references and he's kind of the character that's always like making the meta references and that's kind of the whole show they do a lot of parodies and stuff and I think Abed really keeps that kind of grounded almost so there's Abed there's um Shirley Shirley's like a Christian um mother of two kids and her husband left her so she's going back to school to kind of pursue a career in a in uh baking business and she's played by Yvette Nicole Brown so of course I love her and then um we have Annie Annie is played by Allison Brie and um Annie's the character I relate to the most she is at the beginning of the show she's 18 and she couldn't go to a regular college because she had Adderall addiction so she had to go to rehab <laughs> now personally I do not have an Adderall addiction so but she's like super studious really um type a I don't know I just really relate to her and everything she does. So there's Annie. Annie's definitely my favorite character. Um, and then we have Pierce, who's played by Chevy Chase. Pierce is boomer humor at its highest. Um, he's just re really offensive. And I don't think he's my... He's probably one of my least favorite characters, if I'm being honest. Um, him and Chang would probably be up there. So that's him. He's just... It, it, oh, he's like super rich too. Forgot about that. He, oh, he owns like a company that he inherited from his father. And then we got Troy, who's played by Donald Glover. Almost said Danny Glover. That's not right. He was a super popular athlete in high school, and then he faked an injury so he wouldn't be facing the pressure of football and everything. So now he's going to community college, and him and Abed are best friends. I love their friendship. I think that was probably one of my favorite parts of the show until, you know, he left. So, And then as for other characters, we have... Um, the Spanish teacher, Chang, he kind of goes all over the place. He's Spanish teacher season one, then a math, does he teach math? No, he loses his teaching degree, so I think he becomes a student, and then a janitor, and then he goes crazy, and then he forgets his identity, and then he comes back as a student, it's, he's all over the place. And then we have the dean, who is um, <laughs> sexually ambiguous, the right word, he is, um into Jeffrey and um I don't know how to explain it he's gay but not like he never comes out and says it so we can't really assume what he identifies as so that's the whole cast I would say now I started community and I really liked it. I thought the season one was fine I liked all the care I think what was keeping me around even though it wasn't I didn't always find it funny I thought the characters are great which is why I'm kind of comparing it to friends but I think this show does it better than friends because i do find it funnier and has better characters and just a better story overall so first the first year the first season is when they're in spanish class together and i can't really remember a lot about the first season i don't know 
But yeah, so there's like traditional Christmas episodes. Usually the show, each season ends with them doing a paintball tournament because just the thing at school. And, the, you know, there's a lot of parody episodes. So a lot of the times they'll just do like, it'll be super stylized and definitely like using tropes and stuff. And then season two is probably my favorite. Um, that's their second year of college. And I think they, that's when they take um, anthropology, which is, I think, the study of humans. And the best the two episodes I really remember from the show overall is um, the one where Annie loses her pen and they just like fight in the um, study room. And I have never laughed harder than when uh, Troy realizes that Shirley is pregnant with Chang's baby. I have never like it was I literally had to pause the TV and stop what I was doing because it was so funny. Basically, a few episodes later, a few episodes before that episode, there was a Halloween episode where, like, everyone became zombies or whatever. It was very, like, you know, it was very story-based. So, everyone became zombies, and Shirley and Chang ended up in the bathroom, and they started hooking up, and, but everyone got their memories wiped, but then Chang called Troy and said that they hooked up, and then in the pen episode, it's revealed that, like, Abed's been tracking all the girls' periods, so she he would know no no no. and then they find a pregnancy test in Shirley's uh purse and then Abed's like well if that would have been right then you would have had to like hook up with someone over Halloween and Troy's face just drops and I lost it and it's never really confirmed throughout the whole series if it is Chang's baby we never really get to see the kid so we don't know but um you know I think Chang really redeems himself in that season because he does help surely you know give birth and everything she see end up giving birth in the anthropology room so huh and then my other favorite episode from that season was the d and the d and d episode they um play d and d with this character called fat neil but he's like really suicidal and like sad because everyone calls him fat neil and they feel he feels like no one really knows him or knows or like cares to get to know him or anything so the group decides to help him feel a bit better by playing a game of d and d with him but then of course Pierce like ruins it all so I really like that episode too and um I think that one ends with the paintball match too I don't remember season three was pretty good obviously nothing can I think season two is overall my favorite season other than the episodes I've already talked about I just was able to binge it super fast season three was okay I think that was when they were taking biology but it seemed less like they were out of school and studying and more like they were doing other stuff was that the was that the was that the season where Troy turned 21 and they all went drinking I think I do remember that episode and that was really funny so if that was from that season then I liked that one uh season four season four was when they started shortening the season so season four five and six only had 13 episodes when usually they would only have 22 or 23 so season four should just ended the show they, the show should have ended at season four because then all the characters could have graduated and would have gotten off the like um decided set and then they wouldn't have had to force story out of another two seasons so that season I don't remember I don't think it was as bad as people say it is but it definitely wasn't good either and that's when after that one that's when Pierce leaves and then his character dies in season five so I think that was okay but then that's when Jeff graduates early which is kind of like why the whole show is a little shorter and then season five starts with um I think they do a little bit of a time jump. So Jeff has tried to be a lawyer again, but, you know, he's 
really doing an awful job at it. And then everyone else is kind of doing a terrible job at leaving their lives. And, like, Shirley's husband has left her and everything. So then they all decide to go back to Greendale. Greendale. Is that what it's called? Greendale? I haven't said it yet in this episode, so maybe that is what it's called. They all decide to go back to Greendale and, um... Jeff becomes a teacher, like, teaching law. That's season five, and I really don't remember a lot about that season either, except that uh, Troy leaves, like, halfway through, and then Shirley leaves at the end of that. The, the end of, she leaves at the end of the season, and then season six is when they officially, like, readapted. They, like, the, sh- the show was canceled, so then they had to move it to a different platform. They moved it to, like, Yahoo something i don't know i don't i don't know <laughs> but then that's where they did 13 more episodes they introduced a few more characters i don't know they like green save greendale committee <laughs> i do think season six had some good episodes there was one where they got stuck in a like a trailer no like an rv or whatever that was a good episode i liked that one but other than that i the episodes were also a little bit longer and i just did vibe with it so let's talk my overall thoughts i think community suffers from from being like they're trying to do too much story with what they have started with so what I really like about some of my favorite shows like The Good Place I feel like it it knew when it had to stop because you know if anyone knows what The Good Place is about there really isn't that much story to go off of so like you can't stretch that into seven or eight seasons you got to kind of stop eventually and I haven't seen season four yet because it's on Netflix but when it does come out I'll probably review it and talk about why that show's great. That show's so good. I love that show. But Community suffers because it tried to do too much with a little story. So, like, obviously we're following these characters in Community College and they're in a study group, which was, like, a pretty definite idea season one and also season two. Season three, it felt like a little bit, like, it felt a little bit less like they were doing that. And then, of course, season four, season five, season six. Season five and season, Steven, oh my god, what am I saying? Season five and Steven, it's hard to say. Season five and season six were the start of the Save Greendale Committee and they were no longer a study group. So it just felt like the whole show kind of went off the rails. Um, in terms of characters, like I said, Annie's probably my favorite. Abed would be next and then Troy, Shirley, and Britta probably be there. I never really liked Pierce. I don't... I knew he was supposed to be funny, like kind of like, oh, what's his problem? But like, I don't know. He screamed kind of like... He gave me big, what's that guy's name on The Office? Michael Scott? Like, he gave me big Michael Scott energy. I should rant about The Office. Except we're not going to. So, <laughs> um, and another thing I wanted to talk about community was the weird relationships. Now, like I said earlier, Jeff kind of forms the study group to get with Britta. And for some reason, him and Annie get into a relationship and if you remember from what I said earlier Annie is like 18 at the beginning of the show and Jeff's like 35 or something which is super wait no they said there's a 17 year difference I read that somewhere so what is that 20 yeah 35 right yeah 35 so he's 35 at the beginning of the show she's 18 which like I think it's okay for her to be into him no I'm not gonna even condone that either because it's just kind of gross so they really push that throughout the show. Like, they're really kind of on again, off again. Like, Annie's really into him. But, like, they start the whole show as kind of being, like, a younger sister, like, fa- father-daughter sort of. I don't know. Ugh. Nasty. So, yeah, that's just 
Ew, that's just gross. Ugh. Ugh. Ew. Nasty. Did I do that right? 18 plus 17. No, I think it was 36. Yikes, I can't do math. But yeah, so he starts the whole study group together with Britta, but then when Britta isn't interested, he kisses Annie at the end of season one, which I, like, ugh, get it off my screen. And then that's what I would just keep saying every time they tried to force it down my throat, like, ew, 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 stop. And then, but, like, Annie has kind of a crush on Troy in season one, which I wish they would have worked on a bit more because I feel like they would have been a cute couple. Now, I don't think Troy was really in the right spot to be, and a couple, because I feel like him and his friendship with Ovid was always getting in the way. Because you can kind of see that later when he gets with Britta. But, like, everything seemed really out of whack. I don't know. Maybe the group just shouldn't have dated in general. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> also, Brie Larson guest starred, and I liked her and Ovid together, but that didn't last very long. So, yeah. I think that's all I have to say about Community. I do think it's a really good show, for what it's worth. Um, it's super easy to binge. Like I said, I almost watched the whole second season in a day. So I would recommend it, I think. Just like, no, it's not. It's going to be that traditional sitcom thing where it just goes downhill after a few seasons. But the first three seasons overall were really good. Season four is okay. Season five and six, no. Just end the show right there. As soon as they said, Jeff's going to be a teacher and everyone's going to come back to Greendale, I almost turned the TV off. I was like, stop. I'm not here for it. I'm not supporting it but Keith David does guest star on the second season I mean on the sixth season so that's okay so I've rambled on about community for way too long <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts and also that's like a six season show so I feel like that's condoned I gave that three and a half out of five stars I feel like that's an okay rating like I do think it was a good show I think I did really enjoy it over friends and like some other shows I've watched I have an overall like tier list of the stuff I've watched on Netflix and so it's like let me pull up the picture see if I still have it give me one second I'm gonna pull it up um let's see oh I had that a while ago but let me see if I can find it scroll past all my TikToks that I've saved in case TikTok gets deleted here it is okay so like on the top tier I have oops on the top tier I have and with an e hairspray when hairspray was still on Netflix dairy girls John Mulaney, The Comeback Kid, Everything Sucks, and The Good Place. And then I have a few other tiers where it's, like, good but not that good. That's probably where I'd put Community. Maybe. Ooh, I have The Great British Baking Show. I have to put that down somewhere else. I need to fix this whole list because, honestly, like, a lot of these shows, I put them on there at the time, but I hadn't finished them. So, yeah. <laughs> My disgusting one is so funny. I don't know why I find that funny. It's like 13 Reasons Why the Office, Tall Girl, Kissing Booth, Riverdale, F. The Promins, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, whatever it's called. That show. So, yeah, I'd probably put it in either good but not that good or eh, like whatever those those two categories would be. But, yes, that is Community. I'm really glad I finished it because it really took me forever to finish the, se the last season. So, now we can move on to other things. Now, let's talk about another show I kind of finished, but not really, um, season one of Clone Wars. I've started watching Clone Wars on Disney Plus because I really like, I unironically like the prequels of Star Wars. Now, we, like I said, we did a whole, um, Star Wars marathon, and I find that the prequels, while not objectively good movies, are, um, enjoyable, and I feel like they, they have some of my favorite characters, I think the world building's really good, just like the plot. It's not all that interesting, and I feel like the writing is just really shitty and, like, not very good. So, objectively, the movies are bad, but in terms of enjoyability, 
they're really good. So, see, I like the concepts of the prequels, and I like all the characters, but what we've been given with the movies isn't all that great. So, I really like the concept of Clone Wars, because it's in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and then eventually it goes into what happens in Revenge of the Sith in, like, the later seasons, but I've only finished season one. Now, I think... With these type of shows where they're really kind of plot heavy, I kind of suffer because I don't always pay attention and do other stuff while I'm watching TV. So I do tend to like lose focus a bit and kind of forget what they're doing. But I usually always get back on track. That's like when I read certain fantasy books, I kind of forget when the characters are doing, like why the characters are doing certain stuff. And then I'll remember and I kind of have to really like focus in on it. Like I'm reading a bunch of Cassandra Clare books at the moment. Like I'm making my way through, um... The Infernal Devices. Now, it didn't happen... It's not happening as much now because I feel like the Infernal Devices aren't very that plot-heavy. But um, back when I was reading the Mortal Instruments and they were, like, going on quests and stuff, I'd be like, why are they even doing this? And then I'd have to, like, kind of read back and stuff because I get so lost and just kind of read the pages. So I kind of feel like Clone Wars is that because a lot of the times they'll either spend only one episode on a certain fight or they'll spend two or three and I do get kind of lost. But they do do nice um, little, like, intros at the beginning of each episode to kind of remind you what's going on. And also, all the character dynamics are great. I love Ahsoka. She's probably one of my favorite characters. Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, Padme, Anakin, C-3PO occasionally. The clones are... I could take or leave the clones. I think they're kind of annoying, and they all kind of sound the same. Obviously, they're clones. But I just don't really vibe with them. So... That's my thoughts on... I can't really remember what happened in season one. There were, the, there were the virus episodes. The last episode was about the bounty hunters. It was basically just, like, stuff they were doing during the Clone Wars. And I think that's fine. That's really all I have to say about Clone Wars. I will do, like, a bigger review of it when I actually finish it. Because I feel like that show I'm definitely going to try to get through before school starts, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to do a whole bunch at the moment. So then let's move into the movies. One of them was a Netflix original and the other I just borrowed it from the library because I've been trying to watch it for a bit. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Work It. It is a dance movie that was just released on Netflix on August 7th starring Sabrina Carpenter, Liza Koshy, Jordan Fisher, and Keenan Lonsdale. I think that's how you say his name. And it's a dance film about Sabrina Carpenter's character. She can't dance, but she lied to her college admissions counselor, which, like, don't do that in real life. Um, she lied to her college admissions counselor that she is on a dance team to kind of set herself apart so she can get into the school. And, um, yeah, that's basically all you really need to know about the plot. I've known about this movie for quite a bit because I follow both Sabrina Carpenter and Jordan Fisher on Instagram. So they've kind of been telling me about it, like, for a while now. And... Honestly, I was a little worried going into it because last time Sabrina Carpenter was in a Netflix movie, it was Tall Girl, which I liked additionally, but now, oh my god, I could talk so much shit about that movie. First off, it's, like, not that great because they're really, um, saying, like, it's not, it's not so much stated, but you can kind of imply they're trying to say, like, being tall is almost the same as, like, getting oppressed for being a racial minority or, like being part of the LGBTQ community, like, it's not the same, but okay, go off, and also, like, just, it was, oh my god, don't even talk to me about that dumbass best friend who was so toxic, what was his name, 
It was a kid from Big Time Adolescence. I don't know the actor's name. Griffin Gluck. I think that's it. But he was so toxic in that movie. He was, like, really trying to control her. Just stop. Let her be. Um, you don't know what's best for her. <laughs> but I love Sabrina Carpenter regardless. I'll watch whatever she does. And as for Jordan Fisher, like, okay. He's engaged, but I don't really care. <laughs> but no, seriously. He's really talented. I believe, like, he's one of the most talented people out there. He has been on Broadway so if you don't believe that he can sing just like he's been on Broadway let him be he can dance he can sing he can act um I don't know about y'all but I watched To All the Boys 2 was that what's called that was the second To All the Boys and when I watched the first one I really liked Noah Sente Mayo <laughs> Noah Sente Mayo <laughs> um Noah Sente DeGeo whatever his name is <laughs> I really liked him but like He's really weird at this point and really ugly and can't act. So the whole time, and I love Lana Condor, and the whole time I was like, just pick Jordan Fisher. It's not going to be that hard. And then she really turns around and says, I choose you, Peter, Peter Kavinsky. First off, don't pick a Peter. Come on, get together. So, yeah, I don't know what drugs she was on when she was making that decision, but whatever, whatever. You want a man who is attractive can play the piano and is nice to you? Guess not. So, and then I was a little worried because Liza Koshy, I used to watch her videos all the time, but I don't consider her really an actress. And, like, even my dad and I watched this together, and he I absolutely loved Liza in this movie, which I found really funny. But he was like, she's a YouTuber? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, does she make dancing videos? And I'm like, I don't think so. But apparently she's been doing a lot of dancing, like, on Instagram Lives or something. So, I guess, she, and she was pretty good in this movie. Now... I have to be honest, I cannot dance. Um, I pretend I can dance when uh, we do when I do drama and stuff. Like, I pretend I'm kind of good, but I'm not. Like, just straight up, I'm not a good dancer. So, watching this movie, whenever they would do any sort of move, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Like, basically when I was watching Dancing with the Stars, anything they would do, I'd be impressed. So, um... Let's talk. Let's see. What else? What, what should I say about the movie? The movie was kind of corny and predictable. My dad kept saying that it was like Pitch Perfect. It was a dance film. Now, Pitch Perfect is one of my favorite movies. Um, now, the comedy doesn't always land in that one. I think that's kind of the same here. But I do think this one was kind of funny. I do think Work It was kind of funny. But it didn't... I think all the characters are pretty good and had a bunch of charisma from the whole cast. I think that was kind of what was keeping it on its toes. And also we have great chemistry between Sabrina Carpenter and Jordan Fisher. Yo, they were making out in that one scene. I have been, okay, to be honest, quarantine's been really lonely. So anytime that I can read like a good romance just really hits. Like I said, I'm reading Cassandra Clare and she has a bunch of good romance romances in her book when they're not incest so <laughs> um but yeah they like start making out in this like little park or whatever I'm like okay go off and let's see so it, it kind of just follows the traditional plot like she wants to be on the dance team she tries out she blows it so she forms her own dance team with her best friend and there they get trained by Jordan Fisher they make it on a on a like the one team doesn't follow the rules so they make it in on that sort of thing and then um everyone gets mad at her because she decides to quit the team but then she comes back and apologizes they win the big championship at the end kind of that she falls in with Jordan Fisher they all get into their colleges and stuff like that so 
yeah. <laughs> also, the host from The Circles on this, on this movie. I don't know if you guys watched that, but The Circle is, like, a really good reality TV show. I love that show. I can't wait for season two because that show is so good. Um, but, yeah, the host from that show is on this. I don't understand the correlation, but she is. Um, Keenan Lonsdale does a really good job. I think he needs to be in more projects. Like I said, the whole cast does really well. Even Liza does. I think Liza is just... I thought she was really great. She was really funny at times. I think she did a good job in what she was given. Sabrina Carpenter's character was kind of around the mill, kind of bland, but you know what? She was fine. Also, they really dressed her really frumpy. It kind of reminded me in Mamma Mia 2, when every, whenever you see Amanda Seyfried, she, they, the way they dress her in that movie pisses me off, and I can't explain it because she looks so frumpy and, like, not put together at all. They kind of just throw, like, capris on, like, a little shawl over her, and they're done. Like, come on. Like, I don't understand quite what they thought they were doing in that movie, but it's not it. And they do the same thing here because they dress her in, like, this really preppy stuff. And I get that she's supposed to be kind of, like, a nerd, but I wasn't sure if they were supposed to be making her, like, kind of ugly when clearly she's not ugly. And I also love Sabrina Carpenter, so I'm pissed on her behalf. Um, Jordan Fisher, great, attractive, yeah. This movie reminded me of Zapped and Cloud9 together. So, you know Zapped, now of course, she doesn't have a phone that can control boys like Zapped, but she, the, Zendaya was on a dance team in that movie, so that's why it was kind of reminding me of that. And then also it reminded me of Cloud9 because Jordan Fisher had an injury like Luke Benward does in that movie, and he trains the rest of the team, like how Luke Benward trains the uh, Dove Cameron in that movie so there was just it really felt like a Disney Channel movie other than the fact that they were like straight up making out in that one scene and you know just the language I guess and stuff so I think that's all I'm gonna say about that it was really cute I mean I think it was better than some other Disney not Disney Channel <laughs> some other Netflix original movies like it's definitely better than Tall Girl um what other ones have come out like I didn't know Centineo ones I do think the first to all the boys it's just so much better direction-wise and also just character-wise. I, th- I really like that movie. I think the whole... It's so it's so cute, and I just love Lana Condor. So, I think it's pretty good if you like the sort of thing. I definitely think if you like the cast, watch it, because they do give you a bunch in terms of the cast. So, do that. And then, the last movie I have on my list is Emma. Now, I'm not talking about 2020 Emma, even though I really, really want to watch it. But I'm talking about the 1996 Emma starring Gwyneth Paltrow and Tony Collette. Now, I've been trying to look to watch this movie for a while. It was on Netflix, but I guess they took it off. So I've been, like, kind of looking around to see where it was. And then I eventually just borrowed it from the library. Like, there's an app I have that I can borrow stuff from the library. So I just watched it on there. And I have actually read the book. Unlike Pride and Prejudice, I read Emma for my 10th grade um, big uh, research paper. I love that paper that paper I'm so proud of it now I do think looking back the writing is a little poor but I think in terms of really analyzing the book and Emma's character growth I did a good job if I do say so myself and I also did I also got a good grade because Emma was my teacher's like one of my favorite one of my teacher's favorite books so you gotta gotta do what you gotta do so I do think I've only read Emma and Northanger Abbey in terms of Jane Austen books and and when talking about Emma I think I like the overall story and the idea of it, but it is a little long, and I think it was my first, it was my first time reading Jane Austen, so it is a bit, of, it is a bit to, like, adjust yourself to, because you, you aren't used to the language and stuff. 
I enjoyed Northanger Abbey a lot more and also it was a short it was a shorter book and I just like the main character better so but for an overall story of Emma basically Emma is this rich girl she's like 21 she hasn't married yet she's decided not to marry at all in fact if you've seen Clueless with Alicia Silverstone you kind of already know the general plot but um so Emma decides um she's gonna be use her matchmaking matchmaking skills again on her new friend named Harriet so she tries to set Harriet up with Mr. Elton who in this movie is played by Alan Cumming <laughs> Mr. Elton but Mr. Elton is actually into Emma and he confesses his feelings for her and when Emma turns him down he leaves town and then goes and marries um someone else <laughs> and then she meets Frank Churchill who's actually the son of her of the guy who married Emma's old governess so they kind of have a connection and so um and in this movie Luckily, Pete, uh, Frank Churchill is played by my man's Ewan McGregor. We love him. We love him. Except he's wearing a really ugly wig in this movie. It's so long and ugly and it's terrible. But I don't care because he's still hot in this movie. The first scene he's in, it's like an hour into the movie, I think. Because they're kind of, it's the whole, the whole book is like them talking about when he's going to come and arrive. And, um... So Emma is, like, dry, riding her little carriage with her horse, and she goes right into this little, like, thing of water. But then the carriage gets stuck, and then Ewan McGregor comes on his horse and is like, you need help, ma'am? And I'm like, oh, oh, he's hot. He's hot. I love him. Um, also, in terms of Ewan McGregor, um, he likes to show his dick a lot. <laughs> Walls. <laughs> But not in this movie. I do know what movies um he shows his dick in, so if y'all want to hit me up. <laughs> no, he like has done straight up porn. It's so funny. I was looking at his like like I guess repertoire or like his list of films he's been in. He's done some weird shit. Like he went from like he this was before Star Wars, but he did this, he did Star Wars, he did um he did a bunch of weird stuff. Like porn <laughs> he did this one with tilda swinton called young adam and like mm -mm, i'm not here for it um okay back to emma so and then she tries to set frank churchill up with um harriet and she's kind of into frank churchill too but turns out he's secretly engaged to jane fairfax who is like emma's rival in the book but and it's not really shown in the movie but um uh, in the book, she really kind of, like, forgives herself for being mean to Jane. So, I wrote about that in my paper. <laughs> and then when um, Harriet starts becoming interested in Mr. Knightley, who is um, Emma's brother-in-law. Okay, let me explain that. It is very weird that they are brother and sister-in-law. But basically what happened was Emma's sister married Mr. Knightley's brother. And then Emma and Mr. Knightley get married. So it's like two sisters married two brothers. And they're really only related through a marriage. So it's not... It is a little sketchy. But it was also written in like the 1800s. So I'm going to let it slide for right now. But yeah, she ends up marrying Mr. Knightley at the end. Um, My, my critiques for this movie... And I'm going to kind of compare it to Pride and Prejudice 2005. That movie was... Pride and Prejudice 2005 was so gorgeous. And it also had great performances from Kira Knightley and the guy who played Darcy. And they also had great chemistry. Um, the same could not be said for Emma. <laughs> the whole movie looks like a PBS special. And when I say that, like, all the costumes look very, um, like, theater production sort of thing. Especially on Mrs. and Mrs. Bates. Which is the mother and... It's like the mom and daughter town gossip sort of thing. Like, she talks all the time. That's her thing. And, um... 
and some of the like the movie just looks very fuzzy maybe it was on my end because I was watching it on my computer and it was like a borrowed app sort of thing and also this again my personal experience um the subtitles for the movie that I for the movie version I watched they were so late or too early the subtitles would either appear on the screen before they even said the line or they'd be like they'd be coming up too short like you know what I mean so that's just my personal opinion. Obviously, that's not going to be your uh, experience when watching the movie because I know a lot of people don't watch subtitles. But I've never thought Gwyneth Paltrow was a very good actress, but it shows in this movie. I think her performance is really flat, and I just I'm really looking forward to watching the 2020 version with Anna Taylor Joy because I like her a lot more. There's also one scene where Emma's supposed to be kind of upset, and she doesn't cry at all. She just kind of like is like like pouty and looks down, and I'm like girl where are the tears give me it all and then I know throughout the whole thing her and Knightley are just supposed to be friends but there's no chemistry between them at all once they confess their feelings for each other like I didn't believe it at all the acting was just kind of terrible and then in terms of other parts of the movie I thought it was kind of slow again the whole film kind of just looked like a PBS special it wasn't looking very nice I think Tony Collette's performance as Harriet and Ewan McGregor obviously kind of saved the whole movie but overall, I gave it three stars. It's just kind of okay. I'm really looking forward to watching the 2020 version because I love Anya Taylor-Joy. And I heard it's just, it's a lot better looking of a movie. So I'm looking forward to that. But in terms of accuracies to the book, it's pretty good. From what I remember, I do think they pull out a lot of the big plot points and stuff, which, you know, you can't have to do when you're doing a uh, book to movie adaptation. But I think on that part, they did pretty good. So yeah that's gonna be all that I'm gonna talk about today um I think for future episodes um I'm finally starting to get a feel for folklore which is Taylor Swift's new album so I'm sure the Taylor Swift song ranking podcast will be coming out soon I'm actually really excited to talk about that because I have a lot of thoughts so that'll probably be a two-part um podcast and then I will be seeing y'all next Sunday for what I watched this week looking forward to it. So I will see y'all next time. Bye!